can say amen this morning. Amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of, of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. You know, this, this morning as I was worshiping the Lord, I thought to myself, I'm going to give a little break to the next of my brothers and sisters because I'm kind of tall and me standing on the altar makes me a little more taller. So kind of felt bad that you guys always have to look up like this and get cramps and whatnot. So the Lord inspired me to be on the floor this morning. (laughs) That really didn't have nothing to do with our study, but I just thought I would share that. This morning, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to continue our study on the hall of faith. If you guys recall for the past few weeks, we've been studying Hebrews chapter 11 and we've been studying the hall of faith. What's the hall of faith? Simply in Hebrews chapter 11, the author, he gives us a list of 16 Old Testament Bible characters. And these Old Testament Bible characters are commonly referred to as the Hall of Faith. Really what the author does is in Hebrews chapter 11, he takes time to share with us what these Hall of Faithers or what these champions of the faith were able to accomplish and endure by faith, through faith, and in faith. And their faith was in God. They didn't, you might say, have faith in faith. But their faith was in the creator of the heavens and the earth and the seas and all that is in them. The author really shares with us what these great men and women of faith were able to do, what they were able to endure and persevere through. Because of their faith in God. And really, Hebrews chapter 11 is such an amazing chapter in the Bible. Because really, through the lives and testimonies of these hall of faithers, these champions of the faith, were able to receive so much encouragement, so much motivation, and so much inspiration you know every time I I read this chapter I kind of feel it's as if these hall of faithers are are cheering us on and really what they're telling us through their lives and testimonies is keep going don't give up don't give in don't throw in the towel but keep running your race by faith in God and obtain your prize That's really what their lives do. It serves as an encouragement and as an inspiration. And so for the past few weeks, we've been examining and studying individuals here in Hebrews chapter 11. And if you recall, by way of review, last week in our study, we took the time to examine the life of, and testimony of Noah. And I'll be honest with you, last week I was really blessed, you know, as I studied the life of Noah, 
Because to me, Noah is a very, very special figure and character in the Bible. You know, the, as we were studying Noah, we, we learned that during Noah's time, the wickedness of man was great. And really, the, the Bible indicates that the wickedness of man, it reached a climactic point. You might say it, it reached a boiling point. It was just so great and so wicked. And so the Bible teaches us that because of that, God decided to destroy the earth with a flood. The wickedness was great and was just increasing. And so God decided that he was going to destroy the earth with a flood. But as we read that God was making plans to destroy the earth, the Bible tells us, that in the midst of wickedness, in, in the midst of sin, that there was one man seeking God by faith. One man who was different, who was set apart, and he was seeking the Lord. And the Bible teaches us that as he was seeking God, what did he find? He found grace. On the eve of judgment, on the eve of destruction, we read the words, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And because Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, the Bible tells us that God warned Noah concerning the flood. And God commanded Noah to build an ark for the saving of him and his household. What does that teach us? That teaches us that we're saved by grace. We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. That's always been the method of salvation, whether the old or new. Salvation has always been by grace, through faith in Christ. And that's what the story of Noah teaches us. Judgment was coming like it's coming very soon during our time. But Noah found grace. In the eyes of the Lord. And God warned him concerning the judgment. And God provided a way for him to be saved. And the Bible teaches us that for approximately 100, 120 years, Noah relentlessly prepared the ark until it was finished. And when the flood waters came, Noah and his household were saved. And when I think about that, I think, what a testimony. How each of us have to faithfully continue to walk with the Lord. Faithfully continue to prepare for eternity. And at the end of the day, it's going to be all worth it. When we're in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, believe me, we're not going to be complaining about any sacrifice that we made here on earth for the Lord Jesus. You know, I'm sure that as Noah was in the ark, as the floods were rising and pouring upon the earth, I'm sure Noah wasn't complaining all that hard work that he put in making that ark. I'm sure he didn't say, man, why did I do that? But I'm sure that he was rejoicing that he obeyed God. 
and that he faithfully prepared the ark. And so last week, we studied the life and testimony of Noah. Now, this morning, we're going to continue our study in the Hall of Faith, and we're going to study another member of its company, and we're going to be examining the life and testimony of Abraham, the father of the faith. And so, if you're with me in Hebrews chapter 11, let's begin by reading verses 8 through 12. And then we're going to skip over to verse 17 and read all the way down to verse 19. And so if you have your Bibles, which I hope everyone does this morning, and I hope you even have a a notebook and a pen or a, a pencil, because we need to be students of the word. Amen. God has called us to study, to show ourselves approved unto God. A workman that needed not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. And this morning we want to be a student of the word. Let's read Hebrews chapter 11 and let's begin in verse 8. And this is what the author tells us. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Verse 9, by faith. We're going to read that phrase a few times in our reading this morning. He dwelt in the land of promise. As in a foreign country. Dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. The heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, Abraham, in him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand, which is by the seashore. Now, let's jump to verse 17, family. And this is what it says, by faith. There's the phrase again. Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promise, is his, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac, your seed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. From which he also received him in a figurative sense. Amen. We'll finish our reading there in verse 19. So this morning, we're going to study another member of the Hall of Faith. And we're going to examine and study the life and testimony of Abraham. Now, Abraham, he's a very special and he's a very prominent figure in the Bible. The the Bible has a lot to say about Abraham. And if you're taking notes, write this down. Abraham's story begins in Genesis chapter 11. 
verse 26, and it begins with his birth. And it continues all the way to Genesis chapter 25, verse 8, with his death at the age of 175. And so really from Genesis 12, you know, at the end of there, chapter 11, continuing in verse 12, all the way to Genesis chapter 25, we read about the life of Abraham. Now, this morning, we don't have time to go through all those chapters, but I would encourage you, and this could even be a little homework assignment for this week, take the time to read about the life of Abraham. Much is said about him, and we can learn so much about him. You know, the the Bible describes Abraham in in a few ways. The Bible describes him as a prophet in Genesis chapter 20, verse 7. The Bible describes Abraham as the friend of God in James chapter 2, verse 23. What a description. The friend of God, you know, by the grace of God. And I don't even know why sometimes, but I have a lot of friends here at church and amongst my family. But if I want to be somebody, his friend more than any others, it's I want to be the friend of God. You know what I'm going to say, amen. I want to be God's friend. Well, the Bible teaches us that Abraham was the friend of God. And even in Romans chapter 4, verse 16, Paul tells us that Abraham is the father of all who believe and it's really from romans that we get abraham's title of the father of the faith he's not only the father of the nation of israel but he's also the father of the faith the family of god and so abraham is just a a special prominent figure and so much can be learned from his life really his life serves as a great example, encouragement, and exhortation to all believers. You know, we can learn so much from Father Abraham. You know, as you read his story and as you read about his life, really his faith and trust in God, I personally believe, has no equal in the scriptures. And and that's why I feel the scriptures refer to him as the father of the faith because Abraham had so much faith in God. Abraham believed God and trusted in God. And this morning, as we study the life and testimony of Abraham, what we're going to do is I'm just going to share with you briefly four things we learn or four things we can receive from the life and testimony of Abraham. You know, the, the Bible says so much about Abraham. And in a study of 50 minutes, you can't cover everything. There's just so much that could be said about Father Abraham. But this morning, I just want to focus on, on four things that I see in his life that we can learn so much from him. But before I begin with these four points, 
I just want to give you this on, on a side note. And I kind of like to look at it as a spiritual nugget. I am convinced that the reason why Abraham had such great faith in God is because Abraham spent time with God. I'm convinced that Abraham had such great faith because Abraham spent time with God. What do I mean by that? Simply this. Abraham was a man of the altar. Abraham was a man of the altar. See, as you read the story of Abraham in Genesis, there's one phrase that seems to pop up over and over and over again. And this is the phrase. Abraham built an altar to the Lord. Let me share with you what I mean. Genesis chapter 12, verse 7. There Abraham built an altar to the Lord. Genesis chapter 12, verse 8. There Abraham built an altar to the Lord. Genesis 13, 4. Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Genesis 13, 8. Abraham built an altar there to the Lord. Genesis chapter 21, verse 33. There Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Over and over again, as we read and study the life of Abraham, one thing really stands out, and that is that Abraham was a man of the altar. Abraham spent time with the Lord. Abraham fellowshiped with God. Abraham got to know the Lord. And he was a man of the altar. And because of this, I am convinced Abraham was a great man of faith. Abraham had great faith because he was a man of the altar. You see, Abraham, and listen to this. He didn't have trouble trusting God because he knew God. It wasn't hard for him to trust God. It wasn't hard for him to believe God because Abraham knew God. He knew God personally and intimately. He was a man of the altar. He knew the character of God. He knew the attributes of God. And it wasn't hard for him to trust God. What's the application for us? Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen, family, get to know God, get to know the word of God. Spend time at the altar, spend time in prayer, and it will be a lot easier for you to trust God. Get to know God, get to know the word of God, and it will be easier for you to trust God. Grow in your relationship with Jesus, and you will grow in your faith and your trust in Jesus. Abraham was a man of the altar. And that's what we need to be. 
We need to be Christians of the altar. We need to be Christians who know what it means to spend alone time with God. Alone time. Every day, spend alone time with God. It's nice that on Sunday morning and night and Wednesday, we can gather together as a family. And we can pray, we can worship the Lord, we can study the scriptures, but that cannot take the place for your alone time with God. Every single day, spend alone time with God. Build an altar. And it could be anywhere. It can be in your room, in a closet. It could be in your living room, wherever the Lord leads you. But make sure that you're a man and woman of the altar because it will benefit your faith so much. Abraham was a man of faith because Abraham was a man of the altar. How many can say amen to that? Amen. And that wasn't even a point. That was just like a little side note that I wanted to share. There's so much you can learn from Abraham. And and this morning, We're going to look at four things, four things concerning the life and testimony of Abraham. And so if you're taking notes, if you got your paper and pen and your Bible open, which we all should. Amen. This is the first thing you're going to write. You're going to write the obedience of Abraham, the obedience of Abraham And right next to it, you're going to write Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. The obedience of Abraham, Hebrews 11, verse 8. And let's read it again together. Family, this is what verse 8 says. By faith, Abraham, and, and what's the word we read? Who can say it just loud and proud this morning? By faith, Abraham obeyed praise god brother i wish i had something to give you but i don't by faith abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going and so the first thing i want to talk about is the obedience of abraham now The story of Abraham begins, excuse me, in Genesis chapter 12. And that's when God called out Abraham to get out of his country and to go to a land that God would show him. And let me read it for you. This is just a a cross reference. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. You don't have to turn there. But this is what we read. Now, the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And so Abraham's story starts with the Lord calling him to leave his family, to leave his country, to leave his father's land, and to go to a land that God would show him. God called Abraham 
to separate himself from his familiar surroundings and comfortable lifestyle and to travel to an unknown, unfamiliar land. And the Bible teaches us that Abraham, and I'm sure Abraham must have had a lot of questions, a lot of concerns, a lot of uncertainties. But the Bible says, in spite of all that, Abraham, by faith, obeyed. And he answered the calling. And so, by faith, Abraham, he obeyed God. And he journeyed to a foreign land. And so the first thing we learn about Abraham is that his faith was demonstrated through obedience. Abraham obeyed God by faith. And I'm sure that, that, like I said a few moments ago, man, Abraham, he didn't know where he was going. He had questions. He had concerns. He had uncertainties. But in spite of that, he knew who was going with him. He didn't know where he was going, but he knew who was going with him. And he obeyed. And he trusted that God had something better for him. Abraham got the calling to leave and by faith he obeyed and trusted that God had something better. God had a plan. God had a purpose. And maybe at the moment God didn't reveal everything to him, but Abraham still responded by faith because he understood and he believed that God had something better. Listen to this. Oftentimes, as believers, God calls us to do something without sharing to us all the details at the beginning. Oftentimes, God calls us, asks us to do something, but at the beginning, he doesn't answer all our questions. At the beginning, he kind of leaves us in the dark he kind of leads us in a place of uncertainty at times but during those times like abraham we need to answer the calling by faith and we need to trust and obey god and believe that he has something better for us we need to be obedient to God by faith trusting and believing that God knows what he's doing and God has something better for us faith is demonstrated through obedience don't tell me you believe and you trust in the Lord Jesus if you're not obeying him if you're not following his word you know there's so many people say I believe in God, and I always respond, so do the demons. But they're not going to spend eternity with him. It's all about obedience. Faith is demonstrated through obedience. 
obeying the Lord Jesus and obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Lord himself said, why do you call me Lord and not do the things that I say? And so our faith in God will be demonstrated through obedience to God. And Abraham teaches us that even though we might have questions and concerns and uncertainties, when God tells us to do something, by faith we need to obey. And we need to trust that God has something better in store for our lives. The best decision that Abraham made was that he obeyed God. Think about this, family. What if Abraham never obeyed God? What if he stayed there in Haran in Babylon? Do you think we would be talking about him this morning? Do you think the Bible would describe him as the friend of God, as the father of the faith? I don't think so. The best decision Abraham made was he was obedient to God. And the best decision we can make is to be obedient to God. I always say it, but I'm going to say it again. Obedience to God will always produce blessing. And disobedience to God will always produce disaster. Obey God, you're going to be blessed. Obey the scriptures, follow the scriptures, live and apply the scriptures to your life. You will be blessed here on earth. But if you disobey the word of God, if you reject the scriptures and ignore their testimony, all that's waiting for you is disaster. All that's waiting for you is eternity separated from God. We need to obey. Amen. Amen. And, and Abraham really tells you and tells me by faith, obey God. By faith, obey God. He knows what he's doing. He has something good for you. Just obey. Just obey, brother. Just obey, sister. You know, Jesus tells us in the gospel of Matthew in chapter 7, he says that those who hear my words and obeys them are wise. But the Lord says that those who hear my words and don't obey them are foolish. And so to obey God is being so wise. But to disobey God is to be so foolish. And brothers and sisters, we need to obey God. When God asks something of our life, when God commands us or calls us to do something, just obey. Just obey by, by faith. Just obey and answer the calling because God has something good for you. God has just so many blessings he wants to bless you with and all you have to do is just obey him and trust him and follow in the footsteps 
of Father Abraham. Amen? Amen. Let's look at the second thing that we want to examine in the life of Abraham. The the first thing was the obedience of Abraham. The second thing we want to look at is the pilgrimage of Abraham. The pilgrimage. And let's read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 9 and 10. And so if you're taking notes, this is the second thing you would write. The pilgrimage of Abraham, verses 9 and 10 in Hebrews chapter 11. And this is what we read. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. Those were the son. Isaac was the son of Abraham, excuse me, and Jacob was his grandson. The heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And so the second thing we want to look at is the pilgrimage of Abraham. And we read about that in verses 9 and 10. Now, as you read the story of Abraham in Genesis You read that as Abraham obeyed God and he left his home in Haran, which was located in Babylon. The Bible teaches us that Abraham arrived to the land of Canaan. Now, as Abraham was in the land of Canaan, we read that God made a covenant with Abraham. God gave Abraham a promise as he arrived in the land of Canaan. And this was the promise. It's found throughout Genesis, but I just want to read Genesis 17, verse 8. This is what God said to Abraham. Also, I will give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger. All the land of Canaan, As an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And so, as Abraham was in the land of Canaan, as he left his home, God gave him a promise. God gave a promise to Abraham and to his descendants. And this was the promise that all the land of Canaan, God was going to give. To Abraham and his descendants. It's a very important covenant or promise found in the Bible. We refer to it as the Abrahamic covenant. But this is the interesting thing about that promise. As you read the book of Genesis, you learn that this promise given to Abraham by God was never fulfilled during the lifetime of Abraham. God gave Abraham this promise, but it was never fulfilled in his lifetime. It was fulfilled really in the book of Joshua. When the children of Israel, Abraham's descendants, went into the land of Canaan, conquered the land 
and possess their inheritance of the Lord. And even as a side note, I want to say this, the complete fulfillment of the promise will be during the millennial kingdom. When the Lord Jesus returns and establishes his kingdom, that's when the nation of Israel will completely and entirely receive the land that God gave to Abraham. And so God gave Abraham this promise, but during his lifetime, it was never fulfilled. Abraham walked the land of Canaan as a foreigner, as a pilgrim, as a visitor and stranger. And even that's the description that Abraham gives us in Genesis chapter 22, verses 3 and 4. Abraham says, I'm a foreigner and I'm a visitor in this land. God gave him the promise, but the promise was never fulfilled. He never possessed the land in his lifetime. He was just a foreigner and a visitor. But here in the book of Hebrews, and that's why I love the New Testament, because the New Testament sheds light on the Old Testament. The New Testament is the inspired commentary of the Old Testament. Here in Hebrews, the author tells us something so profound. And I don't want us to miss it. The author tells us, That during Abraham's life, as he roamed the land of Canaan, Abraham was not looking to inherit an earthly land. Abraham, he was not waiting to inherit an earthly city. But the author tells us that he was looking to inherit a heavenly city. That's what he was looking to inherit. That's what he was desiring. That's what he was longing and and just wanting. Not an earthly land, not an earthly inheritance, but a heavenly one. Abraham was searching for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He was looking for the new Jerusalem. That's what he was looking for. That's what he was longing for. That's what he wanted. By faith, Abraham understood that he was simply a stranger, that he was a pilgrim here on earth. Abraham, he didn't get comfortable here on earth but he understood that this earth was not his true home that this earth was not his permanent residence but heaven was his true home and he kept his eyes on eternity he understood that it's not the land of canaan that i want But it's the new Jerusalem. It's the heavenly city whose foundations are made of 
precious stone whose gates are carved out of pearls. Who, there's no need for light because the Lamb is the light. The New Jerusalem, that was the home that Abraham was looking for. And as he lived his life, and as he wandered through the land of Canaan, he wasn't getting comfortable. He wasn't getting down or discouraged. He wasn't getting depressed. But he understood that this earth was not his home. But God had something better for him. And he kept his eyes on eternity. He kept his eyes on eternity. He, he always w- was looking ahead. He was always fixed on that heavenly city that was waiting for him. Look at what Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 says. Paul says this, For our citizenship is in heaven. Man, when I I read that, praise God. Because really what Paul is telling me as a Christian is not so much that I'm a citizen of the United States or I'm a citizen of Mexico or I'm a citizen of Guatemala. Paul's saying my citizenship is in heaven. That's my true home. That is where I'm going to stay permanently. Our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, our citizenship is in heaven. And so what does that mean? What can we learn from the life of Abraham We learn this as believers, we're simply strangers and we're simply pilgrims here on earth. Heaven is our true home. Our citizenship is in heaven. And think about it like this. All we're doing is passing by here on earth. That's all we're doing is passing by. We're We're pilgrims, we're visitors, we're foreigners in this land. And all we're doing is passing by. And as we're passing by, we're looking and we're waiting for that heavenly city, New Jerusalem. You know, one of my favorite artists in Christian music has a song. And he starts the song by making a declaration. And he says this, New Jerusalem, that's my home. New Jerusalem, that's my home. And how important is it that we have that mentality, that we have that attitude, that New Jerusalem, the heavenly city, that's our home. And we're just strangers. We're just pilgrims passing by, looking waiting, anticipating the day when we arrive to the city that God has prepared for us. 
And he also has prepared for all those who have placed their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would just say this, family. Man, don't get too comfortable here on earth. Don't get too comfortable. Don't get too discouraged. Don't get too distracted. But remember that you're a pilgrim. That you're a stranger passing by and you're traveling to the celestial city, to New Jerusalem. We're just pilgrims passing by. This is not our true home. This is not where our citizenship is found, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we have to have an eternal perspective. Always keep your eyes and your focus on eternity. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, Paul tells us this, set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. Set your mind on, on things above. How important that is. Because the moment we start focusing on things of this earth. What happens? We get discouraged. We get down. We get depressed. And we really sometimes have a desire to throw in the towel because life is hard life is tough life is not easy we're going to go through hardships we're going to go through difficulties we're going to go through times of trial times of struggle seasons where we go through storms but as we're going through those storms and as we're going through these times of testing in trial, we must always keep our eyes on eternity. And we must always keep our eyes on Jesus. And we must remember, I'm just a pilgrim. And all I'm doing is just walking. I'm just walking through this earth. I'm just passing by. Eventually, the pain is going to stop. Eventually, the, the times of testing are going to cease eventually the struggles the temptations the trials the difficulties the hardships they're all going to end and very very soon we're going to be with jesus and we have to have that attitude and that mentality by faith we are just pilgrims passing through you know, as I was thinking about that, I began to think about my mom, my beloved mom who passed away a, a few years ago. And I began to think how my mom's life, it was just a pilgrimage. For 59 years, she wandered this earth. She was just passing through, doing what God had called her to do. But eventually, God called her home. Eventually, her pilgrimage was over. Eventually, the time that God had for her here on earth, it stopped. And God called her home. And now, she's 
home with the Lord. She was just a pilgrim. She was just a visitor passing through. And now she's home with the Lord. Now she's in the presence of Jesus Christ. And you want to know something? I'm following behind her. I'm a pilgrim. I'm a visitor. One day, I'm going to be gone. And you're saying, Adam, you're barely 27. Why are you already talking about death? Well, the truth is the Bible teaches us that it's appointed for man to die once. And so one day, I'm going to die if the Lord doesn't return during my lifetime. But brothers, sisters, when that day happens, and if you're still alive to see it and witness it, don't mourn for me. Don't cry for me. But rejoice with me because I'll be home with the Father. As will you be when your pilgrimage is over. All you're going to do is be home. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Have an eternal perspective. Keep your eyes on eternity. And very, very soon, you will be home with the Father. But until that day, walk in obedience. Follow, serve the Lord wholeheartedly. Because at the end of the day, it's going to be well worth it. Because God has something good in store for his children. How many can say amen to that? Amen. And so the first thing we learned is the obedience of Abraham. And the second thing we learned is the pilgrimage of Abraham. And next week when we return, we will finish our study on Abraham. And we will look at the final two points. And for homework this week, read and study the life of Abraham. Genesis chapter 12 through Genesis chapter 25. And everywhere you go and everything you do this week, just remember, I'm a visitor. I'm a foreigner. I'm just passing by. Don't get down. Don't get discouraged. But keep your eyes on Jesus And remember, New Jerusalem, that's my home. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you. What if you come up here, Jonah? We got a little time. You can lead us.